Welcome to the Global Mission Sync Podcast. Uh, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. We've been doing that, praise the Lord. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Isn't that something? I was astounded when I read that because we know about his name At the name of Jesus, every knee will one day bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What more can you have than that? That is tremendous, isn't it? And his name is to be highly exalted. But it just astounded me when he said, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And that word magnified. How many here know what the the word magnified means? Well, if you went to school, I'm sure you do. uh, Because to magnify a thing, two by two is four, isn't it? The six by six is thirty-six, I believe, if I still remember correctly. Uh, But anyway, he said he has magnified, not, not just increased it, but magnified his word above all his name. And this is what that means. Not only his, uh, his word as we read it from the book, but he is the living word. Glory to God. And, and I thank God that he alone is being exalted in these meetings. Praise his wonderful name. As the various brethren have ministered so beautifully right from the outset of the first meeting, the honor and the glory has all gone to God, hasn't it? No one has been exalted and we thank God for that. I want you to remain in that lovely uh, attitude and spirit of prayer uh, because none of us feel sufficient of ourselves. You know, I was just thinking the other day, uh, I've been in the ministry, if you want to call it, I've been in the ministry for 63 years, if you didn't know that. Six of that were in the old before the move of the Spirit broke, and I thank God that He called me out of that old into the new. Glory to God. And I just want to say this while I'm on that there. You know, uh, we thank God for this move of the Spirit from its very outset. But we are not going back to the beginning. We are going on to what the beginning focused toward. The, the, the present truth or the message today is that which was brought to us right from the uh, first chapter of the Bible in Genesis... And uh, it says, when he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. He hasn't changed his mind on that, and that's the way it's going to be. He's going to bring many sons unto glory, as it says in the second chapter of Hebrews, it behooved him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. You see, that is the fullness of that very thing that he said in the first chapter there. And, uh, you know, I guess I could mention this now, too. Uh, I was reading a little while ago, uh, in fact, I wrote a little article on it, maybe in the Sharon Star, but um, it just struck me with tremendous meaning. I was reading the account of the Transfiguration. I think all of you know the story of the Transfiguration. 
uh, when Je- they went up into a high mountain, Jesus took them up into a high mountain, and, and that has a meaning, I guess, in itself. Uh, but uh, it said he was transfigured before them, and there appeared Moses and Elijah. Well, that was a wonderful thing. And Moses appeared representing the law, because the law was something that portrayed the coming of Christ. And uh, Elijah was there representing the prophets. And uh, uh, Peter got carried away a little bit. Uh, uh, Peter, another time, was really on the beam when uh, Jesus said, Who do men say this, that I am? And he said, Some say you're this and some say that. Who do you say that I am? He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was really on the beam there, wasn't he? He had the true revelation. But uh, he got carried away here a little bit and uh, got into the human, I guess, and and he said, let us make three tabernacles, one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for Christ. The Lord had to do something about that, didn't he? And so he had Moses and Elijah disappear off the scene. And then it says they saw no one saying Jesus only. But I got something else to add to that. This is the part that really struck me, struck me. Jesus only with themselves. Isn't that tremendous? That shows he's still with that many-membered body. They're not exalted. They are displaying the Christ. But they saw no man save Jesus only. In other words, they didn't exalt anything else, anyone else, but the Christ. But he was still there in that many-membered body. Isn't that wonderful? That really struck me. I hope that means something to you, too, as it did to me. Well, as I said, I'm going to read some scripture. And I'll read, I want to read from the 40th chapter of Isaiah, if you'll just turn with me. And as I say, I'm not going to make much comment, and I don't expect to be very long. But uh, uh, this 40th chapter of Isaiah, and I, I'm going to read, uh, I don't know, I suppose about 10 verses here, uh, because this is something that is really needed in this hour. And so you just pay real attention to it and let the Lord quicken it to our hearts. And it starts out by saying, Comfort ye... Comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Now, if you didn't get it before, it's the 40th chapter of Isaiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord double for all her sins. Now, when he's speaking to Jerusalem, today he's speaking to another Jerusalem, isn't he? He's speaking to you and I as the people of God in a very real way. And we need comfort, don't we? I felt in the, if there was any time that I would speak at this camp, I wanted somehow or other, uh, more than anything else, to bring you comfort and encouragement. Well, God has been doing that in the meetings thus far. We've received a great deal of comfort and encouragement. And there's no question in my mind about it. The anointing and everything is so real. I believe we're standing right on the threshold of that new day. Don't you? It's a, a new day is dawning. You know, there's a, a hymn that goes about having a story to tell to the nations. And it said, a new day is dawning, a new day is dawning. Oh, I better turn to that. I might not quote it exactly. I got it in the back of my Bible here somewhere because it uh, meant an awful lot to me. But anyway, uh, it it is a new day that's dawning. Praise His wonderful name. And uh, you see, I'm sure I yes, I'm sure I have it right here somewhere. And that's strange. I thought I could turn it right to it. 
But uh, there is a new day dawning, praise this wonderful name. And it says, when the nations of the earth, yeah, here it is, uh, will, uh, uh, if I can just get, yes, here it is. I'll just read you a verse or two. We have a story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy. A story of peace and light. For the darkness shall, oh, listen to this. I believe this is happening in a measure right now with us. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. And then the next verse says, We have a song to be sung to the nations, that shall lift their hearts to the Lord, a song that shall conquer all evil and shatter the spear and the sword. Isn't that a good one? When you think of what's happening in the various countries today, I thought that one was so good. A song that will conquer all evil and shatter the spear and the sword. And then, just the last verse here, we have a Savior to show to the nations. Brother Smith zeroed in on that so good the first night. And we went through the various aspects of it. But we have a Savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow hath trod that all of the world's great peoples might come to the truth of God. And let me just repeat that chorus again. The darkness will turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. Now, a lot of people don't understand when you talk about the kingdom. I remember one time we were singing that song, It's Time for the Saints to Take the Kingdom. And a certain man said, it's not time for the saints to take the kingdom. He just went again, and there was a wonderful anointing on that chorus. But it is time for the saints to take the kingdom. Then time, Jesus spoke of the kingdom, didn't he? Jesus preached the kingdom of God. And if you'll find in the last part of Acts that Paul spent the last two years of his life in his hired house in Rome, speaking to those that came and went of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Isn't that tremendous? So why shouldn't we proclaim? But let us realize that, and we're not taking anything away from that literal thing, that one day his kingdom will spread from shore to shore and from the rivers to the ends of the earth. But when Jesus was asked about the kingdom, he said this, The kingdom doesn't come by observation. You can't say low here or low there. But the kingdom of heaven is within you. Glory to God, it's within you today. Praise His wonderful name. Oh, I thank God for that. The message that we have is the message of the kingdom. The rulership of Christ in these temples of clay. Glory to God. Oh, to me that's so wonderful. Praise His wonderful name. It just comes to mind now, so maybe I should be... You know, uh, I don't know what it is, but right, right from the outset of this feast, I felt such a tremendous anointing. I know the rest of you did too. It's just been so wonderful. It just seemed like a new day has already dawned. Oh, we may have a few testings after the glory of this, but don't worry about that. But, but it is a new day, and uh, I'm going to read something on that too. Uh, you'll excuse me if you're not inclined that way, uh, me uh, reading from different hymns. That's just my uh, my way, I guess, of doing them things. But, but uh, uh, I hope that... Uh, I don't know who composed these words. 
uh, I should say, or who received them. I, I have no idea, but it's to the tune of uh, uh, higher ground. And we've been talking about higher ground here, haven't we? About entering into the realm of the heavens, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I'm sure you all know uh, the old hymn, Higher Ground, I'm pressing on the upward way. And isn't that a good thing? That's what we're doing. Pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. And the brethren have emphasized that about prayer and different things during these meetings. But I'm going to read you the words of this. I have no idea who received this from the Lord, but it's wonderful, and it's sung to the same tune as Higher Ground, and the title of it is Pressing On. I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm moving into God's new day. The kingdom realm lies before, and I see ahead an open door. His word has brought a higher faith, not what men think, but what he saith. His Spirit now has quickened me, and from this world I've been set free. Rejoice, for God has called His own to rule with Him upon His throne. The sons of God to self have died. Oh, how much that has been emphasized by the various brethren here. The sons of God to self have died. You know, I don't think hardly a day goes by, but what I say to the Lord... What there is of self still in me, what you see, I want it to go. Glory to God. I want uh, that uh, Christ uh, shall rule completely in our lives. So, rejoice for God is called His own to rule with Him upon His throne. The sons of God to self have died, and as kings and priests, they're qualified. And then the chorus goes, uh, Lord, let my life be lost in Thee. From self and sin forever free, a higher love my heart to fill, Lord, plant my feet on Zion's hill. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. And by the way, is there anybody here that received this hymn? I, I don't know where it come from. I have no idea. You know, I guess the Lord leaves it that way so that he can have the glory. But uh, uh, I, I thank God that I've got a few tapes not a few, but a whole lot of tapes stacked away in a drawer. And I, uh, I pull out the odd one now and then that seems to have songs on it that might be a blessing. And uh, this one, I'm just going to uh, say, because I don't know who the singer was on that, I can't detect. Who the singer was, a man with a beautiful voice. Nobody that I seem to be able to, to realize uh, who it was, but anyway. And uh, I guess I was going through a dry period. And uh, I haven't had problems with my health like some have. God has been very good to me down that line. But uh, I go through the odd dry periods. Anybody else does? Oh, yeah, I see a few have gone through the odd dry period. Well, then listen to this. This may be a blessing to you if you've gone through a dry period. It's called the rain of heaven. And how the brothers sang this so beautiful under anointing. May the rain of heaven fall upon me today. May the rain replenish my thirst. O my God in heaven, the land is dry. Rain the rain upon me today. I seek such beauteous things. I thirst for the rain. My lips are parched and dry. Bring the rain today, O bring the rain today, that I might thirst for thy word. 
may the former and the latter rain fall down on us that we might be quenched of our thirst or bring the rain today or bring the rain today that I might drink from my soul. And then the chorus is very similar in that. Well, I don't know whether that meant anything to you or not, but it, it, it did to me too. And on that same tape, and then I'm going to quit the, the song part of it, you know, something else. But, uh, and I happened to be leading this one at a camp, and I, uh, I, 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 I couldn't believe that. I was leading it, and my daughter, who's gone to be with the Lord, stepped up and sang with me. She has a good voice. I just have a voice, that's all, but she had a good voice. And uh, anyway, uh, here's the song. I'll read the words because it was a tremendous blessing to me. Uh, You're wonderful in thy appearing, marvelous in all thy ways, beautiful in thy salvation. We worship thee, all-glorious Lord. And that's what we've been doing here. And then he goes on to say, Let thy will be done, Lord. Let thy will be done. Create in us the life of Christ. The Father in the Son, in thy shining glory, we seek that Holy One. Our hope is to be like thee. Let thy will be done. Did anyone here compose that? Raise your hand. Well, how did these two songs come to me and nobody here uh, knows them or has them? Anyway, I believe that God is teaching us that we may do His will that we may walk in His will. We've had uh, so much wonderful admonition and guidance here, and it's been wonderful. Well, I didn't get very far, did I, in that? uh, uh, I'll go back to uh, uh, the, uh, uh, again, and read where I was reading from before in Isaiah. You want to turn back with me, because I I just touched the fringe of it. Uh, uh, I just read as far as the second verse. Uh, That part there where it said, uh, the, that we had received from the Lord double for all our sins. Well, I don't know whether I received double for all my sins or not, but I know that Jesus did. Jesus received for the sins of the whole world, didn't He? He bore the sins of the whole world on Calvary. And I read uh, in Isaiah also where it said that, that the, the load of our sin that was on Jesus that day on Calvary was so heavy, it said that he didn't hardly have the appearance of a man. You can imagine the load of the sins of the whole world of all the ages resting upon him on Calvary. And that's what it said, he scarcely had the likeness of a man. Anyway, we'll go on and read more here. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's what we want. Every valley shall be exalted. And by the way, a sister here has a song, and I want her to stand ready just as I close. Uh, uh, sister Dick, she received a beautiful song some time back entitled The Storm. And that was a real blessing to me, and I, and I know it was to many, many others. And uh, uh, she hadn't known that there was a scripture. I gave her the scripture after I'd heard her song and she said that was wonderful because her song, even though God just gave it to her out of the blue sky, yet it was in the scripture. And the, the song was entitled The Storm. And uh, you, you can read in Psalm uh, 148 how it says, 
uh, speaks of our winters and one thing other and says ice and snow and cold and stormy wind fulfilling his word. If you think it was tough going, and it sure was around here, on Tuesday and Wednesday, you only drove from one building to another, and your car was totally iced over. I never saw anything like it. Uh, don't have that kind of weather in Calgary, by the way. But anyway, it was really, really iced over. But anyway, stormy wind fulfilling his word. But our dear sister has gotten a song from the Lord now entitled The Valley. And uh, I might just say a few words about The Valley uh, but uh, she'll sing that, and I know it'll be a blessing to you. So you just be ready, Sister Dick. Um, and it says here, every valley. We've all gone through some valleys in our experience. Uh, one, you know, as the Scripture says, in the valley, He restores my soul. Isn't that wonderful? It's in the valley, not on the mountaintop. In the valley, He restores my soul. So we've gone through valleys, and some of them have been a, a bit dark. And... Uh, Oh, I've got to read you something else. I told you, I'll apologize for that. Uh, I told you I wouldn't read any more hymns, but uh, I've got to read one more, uh, if I can just find it quickly here, uh, because uh, it was a, a real blessing to me, and I, I hope I can just get to it quickly, uh, concerning uh, Moses, how the, what he went through, uh, uh, and Noah especially, that's where it zeroes in on, if I can't find it, I'll leave it. But uh, it said that God told Noah to build an ark. It's concerning Noah and building the ark. And uh, I thought it was very good. Maybe it would help us to realize things too. And uh, praise God. You don't mind me just hesitating a bit here for a moment till I find it. Uh, glory to God. Uh, all these things, as Brother Andy the other night made it so clear, uh, that uh, uh, th those even from the, the Old Testament there uh, had portrayed the coming of what we are experiencing today. Praise His wonderful name. And uh, as I said, I may have started in the ministry 63 years ago, but I feel more inadequate today, I think, than ever in my lifetime, and I want to be penned totally on the Lord, praise His wonderful name. But uh, anyway, uh, it goes like this. God told Noah to build an ark. He says, it's going to be cold and it's going to be dark. And, uh, and He said, bring in the animals two by two and don't let a sinful man go through. <laughs> you know, that's the way it goes. And it portrayed a lot of wonderful things. And I, I would have read it to you if I could have found it, but I, I don't seem to be able to, so... I'll, I'll leave that. But let me read on a little bit more in this here, the 40th chapter of Isaiah. And I, I don't think I'm going to be more than five minutes, so anyway, praise God. Um, As every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight. Oh, isn't that good? A lot of crooked things today, but they're going to be made straight. And the rough place is plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Oh, it's being revealed in a measure now. And it's because God is making... You know, as the various brethren were ministering, I looked at this once again. I've looked at it many times over the years. But I thought, that has become just a little more real than ever before. We have become one in a greater way than ever before. And I thank God for that. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. 
The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass, and that old self-nature of ours is nothing but grass that's going to fade away. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word of our God, there's the word of our God again, that I said was magnified above all his name. It shall stand forever. And, and this one, listen to this one, if this isn't in line with what the brethren have been saying in the past days. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. And then drop down to the 11th verse, and you heard this, and we sang it. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And it goes on in verse 12, with measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel? Who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as small dust of the balance, because he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And uh, uh, so, and drop down to the 18th verse now. To whom then will... Will we liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto Him? There's nothing you can't. And you drop down to verse 21. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants, the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. And uh, I'm just going to finish here the last few verses. Verse 28 now. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. And listen to this. If you're discouraged at all or having a rough time, it says he giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And I see a number of young people sitting before me today. Well, I know you're robust and you're strong and uh, use a little more energy than some of us older people. But you may have this kind of an experience too. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, even though that's true, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I think that we've been doing a little bit of that right here. Rising up the wings as eagles. Glory to God. I felt that. We've had a wonderful time in the presence of God. Now, there was uh, another couple of... uh, uh, portions I could have read, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to read to you just a, a little bit that came from 
and the pen of our dear brother Charles S. Price that was a great blessing to me last week as I read it. And I'm just going to read it to you. And then, uh, Sister Dick, I want you to come right now and be ready to sing. Glory to God. And it says, So the Son is bringing many sons to glory. We follow in His train. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever He goeth. And so throughout the ages, the Spirit has been leading sons from the inception of their salvation through many stages into the final culmination which is upon us. Wonderful though the past may have been, it is merely the twilight in comparison to the glory which shall be revealed in the breaking of the morning which is about to burst with the sunrise of eternity over the universe. And then, just a little bit more, what a triumphant company. We can see the picture of our Lord, the King of heaven and earth, and His sons. And then it says, So it is that from the lowest pits of hell He ransomed us. From the depths of depravity He has redeemed us. By His grace we are caught up to the highest heavens, conquering and to conquer. The earth will be dazzled at such a display. It will stagger the earth with, dwellers with its glory. They will look at us and say, Was not this the particle son? And such they will say of the truth. But now they will behold in him the Son of God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. That's just has thrilled me. And it said, uh, speaks about the incorruptible seed that has been planted. And it said, There walks emancipation. There walks deliverance. Every redeemed child, a manifestation of the immensity of grace and a reflection of the love of the Father. The earth will tremble. Morning stars will break into song. On its very foundations, the universe will shake, pulsating with the throb of divine life and staggered with the glory of it all. And our hearts, our blood-washed, redeemed hearts, will well-nigh break when we hear the voice, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.